that Will Palmer. Hey, Slaufeg Radio, episode 17. Season one, episode 17. I can't believe we're already at episode 17. I can't. This is uh, Adrian here, and we have... Yeah, me. Me, Mike. The old man who looks like Tom Waits over (laughs) here on the side uh, stage, uh, sitting down, because I don't have to stand up, you know? And uh, for, uh, for uh, for a second episode in a row, we have a special guest with us. Here today, today we have uh, Mr. Tom Draper. Tom uh, plays guitar in the San Francisco Bay Area, originally from England, and uh, plays in many, many different bands, which we will uh, we will get to throughout the course of this episode. We're going to interrogate that fully. Yeah, uh, so we're going to interrogate. What it means to be in a band. But what living is here a band? What well, is I don't know about that. But you know. Yeah, that's getting a bit philosophical. Thank you for having me. It's lovely <laughs> to be here. No problem. So Thank you for being um, willing to come down here. <laughs> We played Eruption there because uh, Eddie Van Halen just died. That we does a deep cut, man. Deep cut. That was a deep cut deep of Van, Van Halen, Halen right cut. there. Opening the show with Eruption. <laughs> it was very, very deep. This is actually off of my, my original Van Halen album that I got from my brother. When uh, my brother bought this when it first came out, and this was his album, and it's, uh, it's actually totally warped. So if it sounds um, funny. Oh, I thought that was the whammy bar, man. That was yeah, I thought that was his <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think the, these past couple episodes. I've never heard that song before, so I've I didn't know what you know what that was. I've you know, been you know. pilfering my brother's. Because uh, it's like collection. so underplayed on like the bone and stuff. You know, I I never thought. <laughs> I'd never heard it before. Yeah, I was like, what was that, man? Whoa, that must be a deep cut. Is that Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, yeah. It's original Warner Brothers. You know something funny about Eddie Van Halen is that like. He started to look a lot more Indonesian as he got older, right? Because, you know, he's half Indonesian. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Page has looked pretty different than his old years. Jimmy Page looks very Asian, too. Mm. Very strange. Maybe when, when you get that good at guitar, maybe you start looking... You're turning like, Japanese or something? I think that might be it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must be but, what that song was about. <laughs> okay, first, what was the year Van Halen 1 came out? 78. But, uh, 78? Okay, so yeah. I had no. this English teacher at... Uh, or no, I'm sorry, a history teacher at City College of San Francisco ages ago, and he looked just like Eddie Van Halen did like last year. Right. And of course, I didn't know what Eddie Van Halen was going to look like last year back in whenever this was. And the guy was Indonesian and uh, he was talking all the stuff about Russia and the military parts. And when the when the when they when the uh, USSR came apart, Soviet Union, I had my Sovtech amp. It wasn't that long ago. Actually, well, it was 20 more than 20 years ago. I had this amp already. And I said, you know, I have a Soviet after during the the end of the class. I said, I have a Soviet uh, amplifier, a Sovtech amplifier, and has all those military parts. He was talking about what they did with all the, the, the parts right, right. to things. I said, they put them into amplifiers. And he goes, really? You play electric guitar? I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, my cousin plays electric guitar, too. He, uh, my, two of my cousins are musicians, the Van Halens. You know? yeah. And he said that in front of the class. And, and like I swear to God, even though it was like 20-whatever years ago, the kid, no, everyone just kind of went, eh, whatever. And I was like, what? You know? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> he, he like, I mean, he wasn't lying, I think, because he looked just like he, Eddie did. Like, so when Eddie got older, I was like, oh, he looks like, what's his name? Mr. whatever his name was. Anyway. So the catalog yeah. number off of this original Van Halen album is BSK3075 on Warner Brothers Records, produced by Ted Templeton. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I read that wrong. Engineered by Don Landis. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so, um, so, okay, so I've been watching these weird YouTube videos. There's, so m- there's a billion YouTube videos about Van Halen right now. And, yeah, uh, I've seen a couple. There's a good one with Gene Simmons. Yeah, I saw a couple of them. <laughs> it's pretty funny Actually, watching this I found this it stuff. kind of... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about Gene Simmons, man. He's a little. The ones I saw, he was too serious, you know. I guess you get that way when someone you know dies, but you know. 
someone you've known for a decade. It's man. Van Halen. What, what did I mean, you, you say about uh, Eddie Van Halen? Oh, he just was going off about he's the one who discovered Van Halen and stuff. Oh, of course. All right. Takes you know. credit for it, you know. But Tell I mean, him everything you know. he knew. He did, though, right? I mean. I don't know. I don't think he, that's what people, he said that, but I don't think that, it, they were already way on the rise when he brought them into that studio and tried to get Eddie to play for him. That's what I heard. I don't know. But he did, they didn't even have a demo yet. When well, he, in the 70s, I mean, you know. They didn't even have a demo. It's the 70s. They, they Who made demos in the demos. 70s, you know? They cut their Warner demos in, like, 77, right? They yeah, cut that, was one the, of them. that was the Gene Simmons demo. Oh, one. that was Gene. But I guess before that, he <laughs> wanted Gene Simmons, or Gene Simmons wanted Eddie Van Halen to play on some of the Kiss stuff that he was developing. Interesting. So they were in, like, pre-production for their next album, which was probably, like, I don't know, Dynasty or something. I don't know why he didn't do it if that's really true. That's what I always thought. I thought if that was true, he would have probably done it. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. He just loved hanging out with David Lee Roth. I don't know which Jewish guy do I like better. Well, we got (laughs) one here who's young and energetic. We got how many in Kiss? I don't know. A couple Italians. And then what the hell's Ace? I don't know. I don't Maybe know. He's Japanese. He's not. But I mean, he's not good enough to be Japanese. So oh, I don't know. yeah. Man. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about like diversity. Or no, we're supposed to celebrate diversity. Wait, I'm really confused about all this. Politi- what what's, <laughs> I can say politically here? Okay. Which one is right? Was you know? Ace a shredder or a wanker? Neither one, man. <laughs> he can't play at all. He never could. <laughs> Let's face facts here. He could play. Well, if the guitar was on, I could show you what he could oh, do. Oh, okay. But see, we don't have a guitar on. Okay, so uh, to, on this episode, I always we refused have, to play uh, guitar before, but you know now I think it's on this episode. We have Mike Mike Scalzi plugged empowered. into the uh, Franken um, Frankincense and Myrrh. What? I don't know what kind of guitar. <laughs> what are you that talking is? about? Oh, this is a Frank. This actually is a Frank. This is not mine. You should know. It's it's Yakin's guitar. Yeah, but it doesn't have any label on it or anything. It's a two tone at two. So Ace does it. These little solos on like Hotter Than Hell, they're all patched together. You can hear it's like they sound like. It's like an ace play. I mean, and didn't like some like weird guy like Marty Friedman or some guy jump in there. Not Marty. My God. Okay, so on this episode, we're going to. Basically, I'm not going to. Yeah, so on this episode, we're going to try and and figure out. We're going to delve deep into Wank versus Shred. Yeah. And so, Tom, you brought some records to uh, to play for us. What's the first tune that uh, that we're going to play here? The first tune we're going to listen to of the records I bought with me is going to be the original demo version of Baphomet by Angel Witch. Because uh, from I haven't actually listened to this particular version for a while, but my recollection of this song is that Kevin Hayborn goes off on a massive long solo somewhere towards the end. And I'd be very interested to see what you guys think, whether mm. it's wank or shred. I have my own opinions, but I'll reserve. We're going to have to define at some point. We'll listen to a few things and we'll talk about what wanking means and what shredding means. And, you know, exactly. it's pretty obvious which one of them is a pejorative term, which the guy corroborated that you did that recent Irish interview uh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, the one where I had a cameo appearance as Tom Waits. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's actually, I mean, people said it, you know. Uh, uh, more than one person has said oh, that. Oh, yeah, of course. That, I don't deny that. I think it's just because you of the hat, really. Put on a pork pie hat. It looks like Tom Waits. No, I did. There's so, okay, you were saying I look like a Neander, or a whatever, Neanderthal or something like that, which I've always been very... Um, oh, did, is that what I said about the... I'm the um, person who came up with that, of course. Well, whoever came up with it, I look like, you know. But uh, And I thought, Ron Perlman. You know, oh yeah, he's that's the, a good he's one. Like the, the, oh, I, you know, yeah. so Ron Perlman looks a lot like Tom Waits uh, in his later years. 
So if I look like a Neanderthal, I look like Ron Perlman, who looks like Tom Waits. It's, it's kind of a nice uh, cycle there. You know? so hey, man, I think you should go into acting these days. It's a little late. For, yeah, the other thing you said in that interview yeah. is, well, now that Mike's an old man, he should become an actor. Now, <laughs> first of all, uh, no, sec- we'll just skip over the old man. Po- well, why would you become an actor when you're an old man, though? I don't understand why that, those two don't go together. Well, because you're at the oh, you turn the guitar. You're at the you're at the point now where you've got that that crazy, even more crazier look where you would be a good Bond villain right now. Because I got short hair now. You could be a henchman. Ball, you look like a henchman. An old henchman? I don't know. Yeah, you could be a henchman. Yeah. I had, an, I had an Uber driver a couple of years ago who'd always wanted to be an actor, and he started getting professional acting gigs in his 50s. You know, because he Ooh. could be cast as a guy who's like in his 50s. It's like, yeah, we need oh. people that age to yeah, be exactly. to play well, Maybe parts. it's because there's not enough older men in acting or older people, in that, you know. Well, hey, okay, I'm, I'm headed down to... Uh, <laughs> Where are you supposed to go to become an actor? You don't go anywhere. You do headshots on your computer, and you yeah, I think you, you get do? on the YouTube's. Oh let's, God, I'm not going to do that. Oh, let's <laughs> let's do some headshots. Let's Mike. do some crypto thespian like. Are we still I talking about wanking? That. I don't know what you're supposed to do. No, we're not. <laughs> Who cares? No, this is the way this works. It's very unacademic, unfocused. We go down wormholes. I mean, I shouldn't have to, you know, get into. It. I shouldn't have to explain this. I just heard headshots, and my head went somewhere else. Like headshots. Yeah. Okay. Bam. Some fucking headshots down here. Um, let's do some headshots. It's not like a body shot, but you do off somebody's head when they're bald and old and look like Tom Waits. Okay. So, oh man. Whoa, my God. Okay. So, what are we doing? Kevin Hayborn here. Is that what we're going to listen to? That, uh, this is some heavy an- metal guitar. Some okay. angel, which this that, is a um, sultry, yeah, sultry old it's man. It's actually beautiful. Yeah. It's on this purple colored vinyl. It's on Extermination Day Records. This looks like it was um, put out in 2018, distributed by Plastic Head. And this is off of a, uh, a record called Se- uh, Angel Witch 70s Tapes. This is Baffinet. Ooh. Stay out of 
Oh!
<laughs> I, I, I was just telling Mike that I did a philosophy degree. Mike asked me, where did you do your philosophy degree? And I said, in Sheffield. The reason I chose that city is it's because where Def Leppard were from. I'd grown up in London for like 18 years and I wanted to see a different part of the world. I was looking around the map of England and the places that would take me for university. Um, oh, Sheffield was the okay. only place that Def Leppard were from. I get it. I get it. Okay, so you didn't go there yeah. because Def Leppard is from there and then go to decide to get a degree in philosophy. <laughs> well, I went there to get a degree in journalism, but the journalism course yeah. was really horrible. But uh, was that, that, that was a deciding factor. You were like, I can go here, I can go to Cambridge, I can go to blah, blah, blah. And I think I'm going to go to Sheffield because Def Leppard's from there of all the places you were accepted. Oh, totally, to. yeah. I could have gone to Bri awesome. I, I could have gone to Bristol, but there was no, definitely no Def Leppard there. No. Could have gone to Nottingham. Didn't see much no, Def Leppard there Robin either. Robin like, from there, man? Or you got to be better to go. Isn't that where Robin Hood's from? Yeah, you go, go there instead of Def. I like him better than uh, Joe Elliott for sure, man. I like Sorry, Steve Mike, Clark. Yeah. Clark is pretty, I was going to say <laughs> Steve Clark. I would go anywhere where... Um, oh, damn it. This is my problem. I'm an old man, so I can't remember. I would go anywhere where the, the young kid who was on high and dry. Pete something? What? Pete what? Willis? Yeah, Pete, Pete Willis. Willis is yeah, well, there yeah. you go. Or Rick Savage, for that matter. You know. Or Rick Savage. Yeah, Rick Savage, yeah. Yeah, um, sorry, so anyway, Mike. you got a philosophy degree from Rick Savage University. Exactly, yeah. And, and you School of Hard it Rocks. It didn't go so well? Yeah. No, because I spent the entire time playing guitar and not really yeah, paying to attention like Steve to Clark the... <laughs> and drinking too much and trying to kill yourself. Uh, all those things, yeah. <laughs> I, I was okay for the first two years, but the third year we got into stuff like Wittgenstein and the pre-Socratics, yeah. and that's when I think you actually had to do some reading. Yeah, that's when you, yeah, yeah I've had a lot of yeah, students yeah. who do that. And I didn't really do that. You start to actually have to, yeah, and then they, they do the work and then things fall apart. It, it felt like a lot of things in the first couple of years could get by on instinct because a lot of it was yeah. like ethics and stuff, which, you know. Yeah, you can sort of figure it out maybe. And they're like, well, what's, you know, yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> what is the difference between pre-Socratic, uh, you know, methodology, or not methodology, what, <laughs> what is the difference between Parmenides and Heraclitus? And you're just like, you're just like. Those are words, yes. You're just like, hello, America. I mean, uh, no, uh, <laughs> Lady Strange. Uh, you, you, you know, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay, so we listened to Hopefully you that. weren't like, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> pour some olive oil on me, Socrates, you know. <laughs> In the name of uh, Eudaphoria. Yeah, what are the word is? <laughs> Eudaimonia. Eudaimonia. Yeah. You know better than I do. The <laughs> band I was in, we named one of our EPs Eudaimonia after that word. So that's the only reason I remember it. And what yeah, band yeah. was that, Tom? It was a band called Fire Garden, which oh, was oh. An also <laughs> the name of a Steve Vai album. Jeez. See, we can Shredders talk about wanking a lot. We don't have much to listen to. Let's talk about the first thing that you played. Or oh, no, that the Angel Witch. Thing. No, the or Angel Witch. What did you guys think about the wanker? The was that wanking? Or we're, we're, we got to do so, Speaking of mm. academics and drawing conceptual distinctions or real distinctions or maybe modal distinctions or something here, if you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, Rick's, so that Rick's Angel Witch tune, um, sh shredding or wanking yeah. at the at the second half of that. What do you guys think? Is it a modal or a conceptual distinction? <laughs> For me, it's very much conceptual. Actually, modal distinction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, talking Aristotelian and Cartesian metaphysics here, but we can bring it in. <laughs> I I, I think it's wank because for me, shredding is a lot of kind of like very. The left hand and right hand are very synced up, like very precise picking, mm -hmm. a lot of like repetitive fast patterns, usually a lot of like pretty intense musical knowledge and theory. Seemed like Kevin was just having a good old time with his whammy bar on that solo. Yeah, I think it's a teleological question the here. Whammy bar, the wah pedal. When it comes to Aristotelian solos, like basically, <laughs> you know, let's look, at let's look at the causal model here. If it's a wanker who's 
playing the guitar at the moment, then you're going to get wanking. In the case of Kevin Hayborn, well, I don't know. I mean, is he... You know, is I think I've, <laughs> my, all of my experiences with Kevin was he was a thoroughly decent man. I know. Well, I, I'm sorry. I, got a lot I, of I know you're being Kevin very Hayborn. political and making disclaimers so no one can <laughs> pop, pop the algorithm on you for talking shit about Kevin Hayborn. <laughs> I have nothing against Kevin Hayborn at all. But, you know... It's called a wanker, a wanker, right? That was Call wanking, I heard. That was, okay. that was I think. And that it was actually pretty cool too. Yeah. I think that definitely falls under the wanking. But uh, speaking of the the Angel Witch, you actually, Tom, you did a spell of shows with Angel Witch back in the day, right? Exactly, from October 2013 at uh, the Up the Hammers Festival in Athens, which I bet you guys have played. Yeah, it's a great festival. No, we didn't play it. Actually. Well, we were going we to. We were supposed to. Yeah. yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> It was, it was that, then maybe about four or five more. I think I think we might have actually played Muscle Rock the same day as you one year. Really? I played with them outdoors. We were on at yeah. like midnight, and uh, we enforcer set up some uh, pretty budget pyrotechnics for us. Wow. They looked great, but on that wooden stage outside, I was fairly convinced we were going to die. Oh, you were on the one like that was fully. We were in the canopied one. You were in the fully outside one. You were in the underground one. The what cool year was one. that? 2014, I think, maybe. Was that the first time we... I don't know, man. Yeah, that must have been the first I, one. I, you did one with Addison, too. One with Harry. Uli John Ruff headlined the night before. Yeah, that was, uh, that was the one we played, yeah. Oh, so we were staying in that... in uh, oh, What was that place called? We were in... Where did you guys stay? Did we stayed in a cottage? little. Ho we stayed in a hotel that was probably about oh. ten or fifteen minutes drive away. I remember in the morning I went down for breakfast, and I saw I spotted out the corner of my eye there was like one sausage left in the buffet, so I made a beeline for it, and this little dude got in front of me and took the last sausage. And I looked visibly disappointed, but he turned and looked at me, and it was Uli John Ruff. Sorry, Mr. Ruff, enjoy your sausage. You said a little guy, or no, sausage was a little. Wait. Oh, that was that was Completely. a different story altogether. No, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was later on. That was when you. Oh, yeah, it's, we met. Yeah, that's like the the same. He had the same experience with Uli Roth that I had in uh, Sweden. Rock with. Uh, Tommy Aldridge, Rock. or whatever his name is, or, or Vinny Apice, yeah. Oh, wow. They got the saunas there where you see everybody's everybody's tackle, you know. Oh, good but, uh, but anyway, he'd been in the water. You know, water makes things shrink. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you know. Anyway, but with Uli, you said Uli was small, or you said that the sausage was small? Seriously, I mean. Yeah. They yeah. were quite small sausages, and Uli was probably, um, came up to about my shoulder. See? I, I'm unnecessarily tall. Uli was grabbing no, the this, small sausage. No, but you're not really that tall. See, all rock stars are short. That's just the way it is, you know? I mean, there's no... There's just no exception, except for like that guy from uh, Typo Negative or something. He died. So. Yeah. Because he was tall. No, no, he didn't, they make it because they're short. The you guy from Death that? was pretty tall. It's because record executives are traditionally very tall. Oh, so I like see. Right, they're right about there. <laughs> right about there in the record. They don't record even have executive. to bend down. Right. right. No, they don't have to bend there. down or anything. It's just <laughs> right there at the level, you know, to the sausage. Anyway, so Uli <laughs> was playing uh, that gig, and uh, we're going to play some Uli in a minute. But anyway, anyway, so you played that, and. Uh, what about and Kevin some other Angel Wait, Witch shows, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, the, then I moved to the United States, and uh, Angel Witch was uh, a little too far to commute. So I uh, asked the guys to please find somebody else, and they've had uh, Jim Martin playing guitar. Not the uh, Faith No More one, a different guy, Jimmy Martin. Ah. He's been uh, wielding a Les Paul spectacularly for, them for about five years now. Yeah. Well, see, John Torres was in Angel Witch, That's but they right. didn't make anything. This is way back in... 99. In fact, Adrian, well, no, Dan Cobbett replaced him, and then Adrian replaced Dan Cobbett. But, but Adrian basically replaced him because he was on the next album after John Torres. Ah. But John Torres, so he was playing with Kevin out there, 
And that's when I called Kevin and got the oh, okay. <laughs> interesting <laughs> conversation. And then uh, that famous conversation. And then I said, oh, yeah, I heard this John Torres guy staying out there, and he's trying to get a hold of me via Russ Smith from Terrorizer, blah, blah, name drop, blah, blah. You know? And I said, what's up? And he's like, I'm trying to get out of here, man. This, this, nothing's going to happen with Angel Witch. Sorry, we gotta, I got to go. I'm coming back to the Bay Area. Wow. I want to play with you guys. So he showed up here and learned all our songs and played with us. Wow. And then joined a, a, a hip-hop band before we went back on tour. We were going to play with Angel. Or no. Yeah, we were going to play with Angel, which, and they canceled at the last minute. And then uh, he joined Broham, who just got signed to Warner Brothers, and then got <laughs> dropped immediately afterwards, but they gave him like some big stipend. So anyway... You remember John Torres? You know that name at least, right? Yeah. I definitely know the name. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at the Angel Witch Wikipedia page. Oh, they put him on there. Uh, I put my own name on there. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't mean you. <laughs> 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 no, John Torres put his, oh, yeah. well, his name on there because he didn't do anything with him. Well, though. yeah, John Torres. His name is there. Um, uh, some other guy. There's a few other guys from the Bay Area as well. Um, yeah, because Kevin was here. Yeah. Tom, who plays with Exodus, right? Oh yeah, Tom. Tom. Uh, Hunting is it? Tom Van Helsing? What? No, Tom. Hunting? <laughs> Hunting. No There's idea. another guy I had one conversation with on the phone during the 90s, too, about trying to join some band he was in. Didn't work out. Anyway. It, it seems wild to me that the band had two completely distinct eras, well, three completely distinct eras now, because like the original English one, then the Bay Area one, and now like the one that kind of exists now. Yeah. Hmm. Mark III or something. Yeah. Mark something. Yeah, they're probably yeah. outnumbered Deep Purple now. Mark Shelton? Yeah, yeah. Mark Shelton. I don't know about that. Mark Shelton. <laughs> 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 okay, so um, that other tune we listened to was uh, was Tom's other band called Pounder. Pounder. It was awesome. I have to say, it was really good. Oh, I'm glad you liked and it. And I again, I would I didn't know it was your band when it first came on, and I was saying, wow, that's really great. So see, there you go. Yeah. The record there is called Thank Uncivilized. <laughs> this is out on um, Hell's Headbangers. Hell's Headbangers record. The um, catalog number is H E L L S L P two four five two forty five. Yeah. So um, so so why do you wanted to play that uh, song on the Shred versus Wank? And uh, what's your what's your dealing on the Shred versus Wank scale there, Tom? What is your bidding on? The well, I think when you ask a guitar player what they think about Shred versus Wank, if like perhaps me and my car, we are rock guitar players. Uh, our interpretation of the text is going to be very colored by our own approach to the instrument. So I thought I'd put my approach to the instrument right out there to make that perfectly clear to anybody who's listening. That's kind of that's the kind of guitar playing I think should exist over like riffs like that when the solo kicks in. Yeah. Whether it's shred or wank, I kind of aim for somewhere in between the two in a little way. I like the idea of shred for the... To me, like if you can play something kind of precisely with speed, maybe that makes it shred. But at the same time, like I'm doing it to enjoy myself. That makes it wank. Makes it wank. <laughs> that makes it wank. And you're doing there with the one go. who loves you the most. Like wank. Yeah, and nobody else really wants to watch it happen. Yeah, they left. definitely don't want to <laughs> see it finish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's a. I thought that solo actually wasn't either shredding or wanking. Ah shit! It was a little, it Th was that a little means there's a third thing, which is taste, which tasteful. is what we go for. Was, a was there tasteful. whammy bar? No, in yeah, there? exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's a little too tasteful. For was that. there whammy bar in there? Um, that yeah, song? there was a little bit of whammy in there. I don't. I can't. I think it might even start with a massive. Yeah. 
Carroll kind of dive bomb. Call that yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's sure a wha- sign of wank. That's a wank. Oh, wait, move, wait, yeah. it depends on who's doing. I mean, Chad Atkins, as we just mentioned, he's not yeah. wanking, but he certainly used a whammy bar. Oh, dude, he was. Jimmy he Hendrix ha- is wanking. Chad Atkins had some seriously wanking moments. If you listen to some of really? his, maybe I didn't hear the right. So, stuff. You listen to some of those Chad Atkins albums really? where he's just like flying, dude, and it's like the rhythm section isn't doing a whole lot, and he's just like. With that shredding, though, man. Yeah, but why is that wanking rather than shredding? Exactly. Because he's doing it more for himself rather than like making a song. But shredding is like that too, I think. Oh wait, this is that's interesting. We're getting into the actual yeah. is shredding something that you're doing just to be like mute. Okay, that's what the Irish guy who was that guy? I don't know. The Irish guy that you interviewed yeah. with. Do we know him? I don't know. Uh, he was I met him. Okay, but no okay, I don't know if I did or not. But he was he was um talking about how that shredding has more musicality. Now, I could see that, more musicality, because it's more precise, I think. So there's one thing. Shredding seems to be, first of all, wanking is often a pejorative term. Because what is it an analogy to? We know it's an analogy. Oh, in England, it's not an analogy. It's straight up that means something. It means you're a wanker, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, no, I'm talking about in guitar playing. Yeah. It is an analogy to straight up what it means, which means you're just, uh, you're wanking. Obviously, it's that period, you know? Whereas shredding is often used to compliment somebody. There's, that guy's a real shredder. Whereas wanking is usually meant, it maybe not always to insult somebody. It usually is, though. That guy's wanking. He's That's just, a good point. He's just wanking. You know, if somebody, he's likes, just wanking. if somebody likes what you're doing, they're like, oh, man, you shredded. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you got someone to go, hey, dude, you wank. No, no one's going to do that. What does that, that mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't no one's going to go, oh, that, 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 band. <laughs> that guy's a shredder, man. No, they're not going to say that. You know, but I so. think there are some people who kind of eschew flashiness and techni- technical ability to the extent that they will say like, "Oh no, that, that, that guy's just a shredder, man!" Like, maybe it's almost as if like they want something more minimal out of their music. Like, I got yeah. friends who listen to a lot more indie stuff, like less rock, and they were considered shredder pe- pejorative term. Through the, the pixies don't shred. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Although Billy Corgan wishes he could. Man, oh, like he God, dude. Yeah. But Alas, he, he wants to hang out with Uli Roth all the time and like yeah. sit in his, you know, and be all, be all whatever the hell those guys do together. I don't oh, want to think I about that. I don't but, know, man. But, uh, you know, he's on like one of those lists of like 100 guitar players of all time or is? something. Billy Corgan. Oh, God. So are a lot of people that don't need to. I mean, no, but that. that's like, that's like <clears> brutal <throat> to see something like that. I'm yeah, just like, yeah. Oh, man. It's really? pretty brutal. I know. Anything from the 90s is pretty brutal, but you know, that's, that's rather, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. stuff. All right, so uh, let's. Um, I think we we should go back to the core of uh, shred and wank, and listen to some Ingve Malmsteen here. Oh, you you do have Ingve. I did. I brought some Ingve. Oh, so we both. Bo- yeah, yeah. Yeah, Play of course. You know Mike, and, Mike and I both brought, brought Ingve records. I mean, he is the essential. This, yeah, is the essential. He's a shredder. He's not. I mean, he's st- he's the he's the the. F- I mean, you know, Eddie Van Halen is Eddie Van Halen, obviously, but and of course Ingve is post Eddie Van Halen, but Ingve uh, is the first very. Uh, uh, established name in technical shredder guitar, I'd say. I mean, who, who could deny that? I mean, when did Rising Force come out? I don't know. We got it right here. Because uh, th- this one came out, Trilogy came out in 1980. Yeah, Trilogy's the really, is that one with the dragon on the front? Where yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's incredibly cheesy. That's, okay, <laughs> that is the prototype for all those shred guy albums. Not yeah. not as much Paul, the later guys like Paul Gilbert and... Nuno Betancourt. I don't know, you know, but but like you know, all those uh, and the guy, exactly. the guy whose name I always forget, and I feel bad because I talk about him as that guy who's got ALS, but uh, that, that Jason Becker. Jason. Becker. Those guys don't make. They don't do this, as far as I know. They don't do. They just do music, you know. They don't do like metal with 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 uh, you know uh, 
um, uh, Graham Bonnet singing, and then you know some pop song with a bunch of shredding and a solo, and then back to the pop song. As far as I know, I haven't listened to their records really the whole way through. But I mean, Vi did those records with uh, what David Lee Roth and White yeah, Snake. Yeah. Like and so, the the shred starting with Ingve. You have these cheesy pop songs. Right. Actually, not on this record. But, as much, but, but what that. year was that rising yeah, force? Yeah. And then you got yeah. some guy singing like Graham. Oh no, you're right. This is '84. So is that Jesse Scott Soto or Joe Lantana? I thought Turner that this that was one. the first one. I, was that, wrong. I don't know. So yeah. Trilogy came out sometime in 1980. 80. Yeah. Who's the vocalist on that one? On Polygram. Um, it says not here. Not shrapnel. Interesting. Uh, compositions, lyrics, and arrangements by Ingve Malmsteen. Are you sure this is not the first? Didn't this Mark Bowles. Mark Bowles. Yeah, oh, Mark, Mark Bowles on, yeah. on vocals. Yeah. says here, Ingve, all electric and acoustic and bass guitars. So he played ba Yngwie played yeah. bass on this, too. This is 84 Poly Polydor, Japan, and 84... So I would think it's a yeah. So thing. Mike's looking at, at uh, Rising Force, oh, yeah. and I'm looking at Trilogy. We're going to play a song off a of Trilogy. This is Liar.
what is the we have to have the master debate now on on uh, on Ingve. I mean, that was truly a wank fest. That one. <laughs> Some of it was. The first one was a shred. Was a the liar off of trilogy was totally sh like shred master, but I think this last one off of Rising Force, uh, Far Beyond the Sun. I think that's a wank fest, man. Well, okay. One thing that you can that you I mean, obviously, it's absolutely mandatory. And since we're on a mandate here, a three-way mandate, we yeah. have to, uh, you know, yeah, we got to get the Ingve question, you know, fully tackled, fully established here. So um, we all should weigh in on this. Uh, is Ingve a shredder and a wanker? Or was that first song or second song a shredding or example of shredding or wanking? What was? I, I think the first song you, was yeah, definitely yeah. shredding. Yeah. The second song was definitely wanking because it was just like, like I think Tom said, he said he's basically writing songs so he could play guitar solos. Oh, clearly, yeah. You know, which and and I think um, dude from Ireland said uh, something to the effect of um, wanking is something that the more you do it, the less impressive it becomes. So I'm like in the beginning of this 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 last Ingve song, far beyond the sun, off of Rising Force, catalog number. Four two two eight two five three two six dash one. You're wanking off the Wh which pressing is it? This is a, actually it's a Japanese. Pressing. Oh yeah, and who? Uh, oh, wow. Well, anyway, wait. Why we, okay, so why don't we get Tom's uh, take <laughs> on on what he thinks about that question? Well, let's ultimately, see. is Ingve a wanker or a shredder? If you want to get into you know substance metaphysics, okay, and uh, not just the predicate. That is shredding your but wanking. on that but song or on okay his no just in general first in general in, in, general, uh, in okay. total uh, total in in general is Ingve a wanker or a shredder or can he be can he be put into a category or is he beyond categorization is he a shredder who wanks or is he a wanker who shreds very oh. good yeah, yeah I mean, um, you guys have seen him play live right no I've never seen oh, him play live because no. his stagecraft is something else this is a guy who while he's playing can bounce a pick on his knee and then do a flying drop kick and just land it on a guy's palm like five rows back oh, well, <laughs> you've okay, never seen anything like it high yeah. kicks knee slides he puts the guitar down yeah. on the ground like on his lap fretboard up starts playing it like a piano and then picks it up still playing it like a piano Okay. So like the guy's technical mastery knows no bounds. Wow. But also the way he exhibits it <laughs> and the way he chooses to execute it is pretty wankery. Pretty Wait, wankery. So it's kind the, of check me out, little boys. I'm really good. Is there a final in the final analysis of this? Is he a shredder or a wanker or no? Is it just sort of like he's he's beyond all? Uh, my analysis is he's a wanker who shreds. Okay. I like that. I'm gonna say Mike? I'm gonna say he is ultimately a shredder because I think he really laid down the foundation for these shredders that we just named off, whose names I always forget, so I'm not gonna, you know, Robert Culp, what's the guy's name? No, not Robert Culp. So you're saying shredders <laughs> as a- Robert so Johnson? Sh yeah. Shredders <laughs> as in technical mastery. What I'm saying uh, is what I said that last time we talked about this, which is, you know, fan picking, which we heard some of right. on that record There's from 1980, which I, w see, I didn't realize that record was from 1980. I used to hear that well, all the time. The second time. one was from 84. I know. The first one, I didn't realize, I thought this, I thought that. Rising Force. I thought that the one with the dragon, which you just played, was it? Trilogy from Trilogy 1980. Trilogy was after Rising Force. I didn't know that until now. 1980, that's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Even though it's incredibly cheesy, uh, well, some of the songs on that, he's, he's, I think he's definitely shredding on that. And like you said, I think he's shredding on that, wanking on this. Yes. He does a little both, but ultimately he is a shredder. Uh, because all those shredder guys, uh, Jason Becker, you know, who were the, the final fruition, the final stage of shredding that I know about, which probably isn't because I don't know anything about it. And then the other intermediary stages, like 
Steve Vai and Joe Satriani, and then the, the you know, uh, I feel like those guys are f- they're not copying Ingve, but they're that Ingve was sort of the, the, the first famous guy we know of who really made a bit right, with that sound. Right. Those guys are around then, but and maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't even weren't even inspired by him. Who knows? But, but he he made it like rock starish. Yeah, to do, that. To do fan picking and yeah. sweeping and classical uh, was, stuff in there. Who's the know? guy from the band you turned me on to? Uh, they had really big. Um, turned you on to. He played like the the two guitars at the same You're time. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Michael Angel. I turned Nitro. you on to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the band though with the the big hair? Nitro. 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 Yeah. Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. We shot. He some is of that. actually a shredder, he but a shredder. he's he, because of his personality. You want to call him a wanker? He's a Mega wanker, man, because he's like. I love that. I think it's great. I love that stuff. I don't know. I I think his is shredding, but mostly he's kind of a wanker. I don't have any nitro records. I I don't know any nitro records. I've heard some interviews with Michelangelo. He seems like a very well rounded musician, but he knows it's kind of this like stunt guitar playing almost. Like guitar guitar is an Olympic sport almost. Yeah, yeah. It's like Malmsteen's whole thing when he was like 18 years old was he could play like Made in Japan by Deep Purple back to front at twice the speed. Uh. And he kind of (laughs) built his whole career off it. Huh. Same way that like when Steve Vai started his career, it was like as an 18 year old kid as well. He was like trying... He sent Frank Zappa a bunch of full band transcriptions of Zappa's music going, look what I can do. And Zappa was like, that's really cool. I need a guitar player. Wait, like, who did that? Steve Vai. Oh, that's, why he, that's how he started playing. Like, yeah. jump on the bus. But the, the, or, the origin Adrian story Blue? is fascinating. Right? But going back yeah. to no, Malmsteen, it it's like, yeah, yeah, pure speed. Yeah. Like he was on speed? Uh, that's unconfirmed. Jack to the future. Uh, um, Allegedly. Okay, so... That that okay. So we all we don't have a definitive. Uh, uh, we we kind of do, or at least two of us think he's a shredder who wanks. Or no, you think he's a wanker who shreds. But um. <laughs> well, I just you know back to this Rising Force album. Uh, fancy facts about this um, album. The engineer, for the, this was recorded at the record plant in oh. L.A., <coughs> and the engineer was Les Claypool. What? Uh, yeah, Les Claypool engineered. Nice. Les Claypool engineered. <laughs> Inve Malmsteen Rising Force in 1984 at the record plant. That sounds impossible. It's not impossible. Well, he's only a few years older than you. <laughs> Which seems, yeah, this seems that's weird. You know, so he was a he was no a. No matter how old he is, it just seems very strange. I have no idea. Less well, Larry Lalonde was doing like Possessed back then, right? I guess. Yeah, they're I mean, all doing different things. Yeah, the, so another interesting fact about this album was uh, the drummer from Jethro Tull, Barrymore Barlow, that is played uh, drums on this Ingve Rising Force album, and it's um, it's pretty good stuff. From what I read, uh, after he left Jethro Tull, he just he just wanted to go go crazy, and Ingve just told him, um, "Play fast, play loud, play along." And uh, right here, where it says Lester Claypool. It is, dude. I've I've read interviews with Les Claypool oh, saying that he did this kind of oh, stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you know about it. Okay. Yeah. That's wild. Wow. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild <laughs> stuff, right? right. That's, that's, how wild is that, Tom? <laughs> exactly that wild with an extra. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> Tom, so I'm sorry, but I think that was wanking. <laughs> you just oh, that was total wanking. I'm <laughs> going to need some tissues. Very <laughs> good. It was wanking. You got some jack wipes over there, Adrian, for, for all that. You just definitely. You've got a big thing of uh, hand sanitizer. Oh, well, that'll help. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so uh, what are the records you got in your bag there, Tom? Unfortunately, I think it's a load of tasteful guitar playing. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. That's okay. Uli's pretty tasteful, and I got him here. Tom. 
Let's see. Let's let's play a couple. Of, see, what Tom's, see what Tom's got Rob, in the bag. Okay. Talk to us. Uh, I, I would like mm. to play a song from the new Spirit Adrift album. Oh, Nate man. Garrett is a phenomenal guitar player. The tuner Cosmic mm. Conquest. Tasty. There's track three on that. Inside the Tasty Freeze. Mm. Where where are these guys from? Uh, Nate lives in Texas right now. I don't actually know where he's from originally. I'm a bit new to the Spirit Adrift party, unfortunately, but they make very pretty records. That's a beautiful. Um, like really look on the other side, man. There's different colors on both Whoa. sides. Games, man. I'm like Spirit Adrift. I know them. Do we play them? Yeah, we did. We know them. You must have played with them. Oh, we, we know all about. What's yeah. the song you wanted to play? Off Cosmic of this? Conquest. Cosmic Conquest. That's track th track three on side A.
<laughs> All right, so that was Tanith, right? Tanith, that was Russ from Satan. Yes, our buddy. The album is called In Another Time. That's a song called Citadel. Yeah. This came out on Metal Blade Records. Wow. Well, that explains a few things, yeah. It's a Metal Blade Records release. I was too busy you know, recalling my, my great escapades with, with Ru our man Russell here to remember or to th th evaluate whether he was a shredder or a wanker. Um, I can't find a catalog number on this. There must be one. There is. It's important. Metal Blade Records, catalog number 39841565-1. Man, that's a lot of records. Yeah, you know, I, I like it better when they have l some mixed letters and numbers. I like an alphanumeric, like solid, maybe eight character catalog number. Totally, man. Like the, the good old days. So, Tanith, um, this is a. Why do you choose that song, Tom? I chose that song because I like it. It wasn't really relevant to the discussion. I mean, I. That's I, why I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I just picked a load of records that I liked and then sort of remembered, oh, wait a minute, I probably should have bought like that one Joe Cetriani album my own. But I think Russ is a super tasteful guitar player. Honestly, like, I think it's possible to be tasteful and have elements of wank and elements of shred in your playing. Going too far either side is probably a problem. I could go a little further and expound. This is my f my grand unifying theory of wank shred. <laughs> I'd like to expound on a theory I've held for some time uh, that. Yeah, I, I, I believe that there are elements of both which could be really, really useful to like have in the toolbox, so to speak. Going too far one way or the other. Hey, watch the toolbox, man. Oh hey, yeah, especially this is Slavic radio. There's no such thing as too far. Watch the jewel box. <laughs> in, the, in the words of, the, of Bruce Lee. Okay, before that, that was um, be <laughs> before that was Spirit I mean, Adrift. In a way, like Spirit Adrift. Um, Enlightened in Eternity. There you go. Enli is that what that's called? Enlightened in Eternity. They're doing an alphabetical thing. The first one was like something beginning of C in C. Then there was Divided in Darkness. I think. Were you serious? So I guess they're going to go through the whole alphabet. Alliteration, as they say. Uh, exactly. That that's. I can't even read the record label. It's kind of. I guess we did that too I with a song. I think it came out on twenty bucks spin, maybe. Okay, yeah, there you go. It's twenty bucks spin, but the font is just. It's very unreadable. It's the very metal. Catalog number spin one three zero. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm okay with. Uh, I'm totally down with band names that are undecipherable. You know, I'm when not. you look at it, like the font and everything. Yeah, I don't. You know? I don't buy that. I think it's. But crap. but yeah. the record label name should be decipherable. Oh really? Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. the catalog why, number. Why? Well, yeah. yeah, the catalog number, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that would that be great. Catalog number, <laughs> like like black metal dart. Like, <laughs> how are you going to? How do you track distribution <laughs> unless you know the label? Out of <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> this is the <laughs> pressing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could just do it like like how many grunts you know okay. count like how many no, count? you better not press five or uh, a thousand because you have to go. This is number. Unless you want to get into Morse code, like. Ooh, to have, have Tom uh, Tom G <laughs> Warrior do your uh, your Morse code uh, album cover. Uh, uh, back in the back in the shred zone or the wank zone. That seems pretty shred to me. Oh, 
high as I want to because this is a very limited trick when I was 16 in front of the mirror. Twice in a row. There you go. That's that Mike. was wanking. That was definitely a wank sesh with yeah. Mike there. But no, the first uh, time I did pull off that one, I came up with. And then, oh, are we still now? So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little left turn here because when I'm thinking about wanking, we're talking about like different styles. This is uh, taking it back to very very old school. This is Les Paul doing a, doing a good wank. Well, That's pretty ripping, right? <laughs> yeah, we on the air. That wasn't. That was. The, I don't think I've heard that song before. I've heard stuff where he rips, but rips. He was ripping. That's the other thing. I've heard stuff where he rips, but not like that. That's just a, a, a That's totally intense, incredible, right? and it's so great. There's and as uh, Tom was saying, you think it's pitch shifted? I think it's a pitch shifter because that sounded way too high to be on like it, you yeah. know the Les Paul guitar that we all know and love. Or any guitar, any like yeah. I mean, well, any guitar besides Uli Roth's uh, a Sun guitar or whatever. <laughs> Sky guitar. Sky yes. guitar. But yeah. when they were recording this, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know how they would pitch shift it. I mean, like oh, you said, maybe we recorded it half the speed and then play it back or something like that at full yeah, speed. Yeah, play the tapes back faster. Yeah, it wouldn't be pi- they would just have to play the tapes faster. That's the way they'd have to. What yeah, year is that? I don't. Right. It doesn't say on here. This is it came. This is on hits of Les and Mary. Les Paul and Mary Ford came on Capitol Records. Catalog Ranking number. With his wife in the room probably while he was doing it. Catalog it number T one four seven six on the Starline subsidiary badass. label. That was really really great. Right? I That's feel ashamed that I didn't hear that song before. Oh, there's there's so much of that stuff. Yeah, uh, every I've heard every some Les stuff Paul where album. Really impressive like that, but that was fucking. Good. Every Les Paul album has at least one or two of those yeah. where it's just okay, like. Okay, what's the big answer to the question though? Is he shredding or wanking? I think that's a wank fest, man. I don't. 
because he's just going for I it. For he's the shredding, sake of, man. But he's going for it for the sake of going for it. He's not like. Well, so are all the shredders, though. I don't think. I don't think any. Sh- like, I don't think you know that uh, Steve I is is or who's okay. Who's the paradigm? We don't. We're not Ingve, but who's the guy we all agree? Is? Who's someone who we all agree is a shredder? And let's put them to that test. Eddie Van Halen. Oh. No, no, I wouldn't say he's just a shredder. I, or do you, Tom? What do you think? My favorite thing about Eddie's playing is his rhythm playing. Like I, I oh, I'd feel yeah. a bit difficult putting him in the same box as Ingve. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's sort of pre Ingve in a in a sense. Who's like a shredder for sure? Like Jason Becker or or Key Marcello, who <laughs> played in anybody. played in Europe after uh, John Norris. Oh God, probably true, but I don't know him. I don't want to know him. Who's the guy? I, I mentioned his name. I'm so bad. Not, not Kane Jason Roberts. Becker. Kenny Rogers. No, but no, seriously, let's, let's try to figure that. I'm trying to discover here what. Okay. Who, who is it? Okay, what's the guy's name? Paul Gilbert? Can you say he's a wanker? I don't think you can. Uh, early on, like, with the Racer X stuff, I'd say Shredder, definitely. Okay. So... I mean, who did records on, like, sh- who released albums on Shrapnel? David T. Chastain. Shredder. I know the name. What I don't, band again, is that? You know more about this stuff I than think I do. Just, I don't know if he played with any here. bands. I had one of his records. It was pure Shred, and I do not own the record anymore. Oh. Wow. Okay, so no, the question is, you just said, uh, oh, well, that guy's just doing it just, just to show that he can do it. Just to, yeah, just, yeah. I don't, don't you think that like uh, Paul Gilbert's doing some of that too and all those guys that are shredders? Like, well, or are they actually doing it to make this amazing music? But they're doing it within frameworks of like bands and songs and stuff. I mean, that was literally like Les Paul p- playing like three or four tracks of his guitar with like a very silent mm-hmm. rhythm section. All right. You know. I, f- I find it to be shredding because it doesn't sound super. Uh, 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 su- it, I mean, I see what you mean by like sort of sort of indulgent, indulgent but I don't. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, wanking is somewhat is indulgent, but shredding can be too. I think when I hear all this fan, we've agreed that fan picking and sweeping is a is a. Uh, it's an element a, of shredding. An element an of identifiable, shredding. identifiable element. Yeah, but of isn't fan picking and all that stuff sort of like just doing it to show you how fast you can? I mean, what isn't that sort of there just to sort of show off? Well, if you do it 45 times in a row, then yeah. But if you do it like a couple of times within the framework of a well-constructed solo, then no. Well, don't okay, you, so don't you, you think that was well-constructed? Yeah, I thought that was really well-constructed. Um, I, don't, I, I mean, it sounded like a whole lot of up and down to me. <laughs> so, to you, <laughs> so to you, shredding is really about musicality and song structure. Yeah. And wanking is about just like... Picking up the guitar and going, going yeah, as fast yeah, as I can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't really. S- I see where you're. Go- I see that because the the word wanking kind of seems to sound very self indulgent and very. I don't care how this sounds. Is or I don't care how this. I just want to prove that I'm. You know how big my. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I want. But I want to prove how long and yeah, fast my fingers I are. I tend to think of shredding as also indulgent that way. I guess I don't see them as distinct as you do. Is maybe that's what Indulgence is not an identifiable structure of wanking or shredding? For me, it is merely a conceptual distinction. For you, it is more of a real distinction. Or it, it seems that you're projecting intent onto the music. Very good. Yeah. But you yeah. can't possibly know that. Man, Sheffield hmm. really did, 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 did you proud there. I mean, Philosophy, you know, man. Teleological, <laughs> uh, not teleological. Um, you're talking about basically the, an efficient cause, actually, rather than a final cause there. So. Yeah. Tidology. We haven't got to the final cause yet. Oh, we haven't gotten to the final cause. Tidological. Oh, of course, you Tidological. have to never get to the final cause. As t- long as it's t- t- the uncaused cause. <laughs> the uncaused cause, yeah. Yes. Okay. So you, you learn philosophy. We're going to start talking about ontological <laughs> arguments and Gaunilo's uh, Island Aristotle and all that here, shit. And he's telling me he didn't, he all he did is listen to uh, 
Brian Eno or, or whatever. Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Brian Eno, Def Leppard, whatever. Engelbert Humperdinck. What's the difference? They're all British. Except Brian Eno. <laughs> they're all exactly the same. We're yeah, all the same exactly, person. Yeah, all, I mean, yeah. What the hell's the difference? You know? Hey. You know what I mean? John Gilgood, Benny Hill, Richard Burton. It's all, it's Could we say that like <laughs> wanking is more showing off than shredding? Or is well, shredding is also probably showing off as well? If it's just like... Is one a subcategory of the other? Uh, Let's draw some Venn diagrams. I know, right? This is it, man. It's all about the sweet spot in the middle, the Venn diagram. Yeah, I, I think um, I think showing off is an element of both. I mean, I think to play guitar in front of people, you have to have an element of, of showing off, you know, or else you just or else you just be right sitting on a chair like uh, Robert Fripp, you know, kind of just like. Oh, wait, he's Robert over. Fripp. Oh, it's Robert Fripp. He's shredding. Robert he can Fripp. shred, man. He he's can definitely shred. He's, he, Robert Fripp is way too... Uh, um, but he's uh, not a show-off because he's like literally sitting in a chair hunched over on his guitar. Way yeah, too much integrity in Robert Fripp to be a, to be a wanker. No I one could say that to his face. Yeah, no, I would never say that. I don't know, that. man. I would, but never, but I, would I would never say that. When he's that, doing no. that soundscape stuff where he plays like one note a minute and he's just fiddling with all those knobs, mm -hmm. that's pretty wanky to me. Yeah, no, what about that record he did with Andy Summers? I don't know that one. Andy Summers from The Police and Robert Fripp. You don't know that really? They do this no. record. Oh, you don't know that either? I you didn't bring it? I don't have it. Oh. Can't bring it. I should have. I should. Because they're like, it's definitely not shredding, but it's like, it's like they're playing these, you know, they're bragging about like, I, you know, we're playing these chords that are 40 frets apart. You know what I mean? Like, because Andy <laughs> Summers loves all the time. How do you play, wait, wait. How do you play a uh, 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 yes in the bottom? That's like the weird avant-garde version of Message in a Bottle. <laughs> that was Robert Fripp playing, playing Message on, in a Bottle. I want to yeah. get this right, man. He's like, you could... That's like if Black Flag did Message in the Bottle. <laughs> Could Greg Ginn, is he a ripper, shredder? Or is he a, is a, uh, he's just a ripper, straight up. I think he's a wanker for sure. Well, well, a ripper, that's a third thing. Well, I think, I think rippers, rippers, rippers are not who's like, I don't think a ripper is playing too many solos. What? I think a ripper is more like Glenn a rhythm. Tipton's got to be a ripper, right? I mean, he's in pretty I think, yeah. well, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's a totally different scale of things, you know? Like, notice how none of us brought in any Judas Priest records. To illustrate wanking and shredding, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's that's a glaring omission, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, because that's from Painkiller is pretty oh, yeah, one oh, of those oh. things. That's an interesting one. Is a solo from that's a sweep, right? Yeah, it starts with like a full like what yeah. is it, six beats of sweep yeah, out of time where everything else just it's stops. It's Glenn adapting to the, <laughs> yeah. to the late eighties or right, whatever. Right, exactly. Was, oh, totally. He always does that. He was like, he was finally got around to it and listened to you know forward, Paul Gilbert or whatever, Tony McAlpine or whatever. We should have some Tony McAlpine. You we, must. We know. had ah. that. We had. Uh, remember oh, we I brought that. in that record, yeah, the, which I don't even remember. The one with Rudy yeah, Sarzo yeah, yeah, and Tommy yeah. Aldridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Episode. Rudy Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Sarzo. record. I mean, it's a, there's there's no bad songs on that album, but there's also yeah. no amazing songs on that album. Well, since we've put all this shit to the test, you know, and we're like, this is a show. You put your testies to the test. Yeah, all this crap. Um, you, should we play Uli? Should we? I mean, yes. it, yeah. I mean, I, mean I know everybody has such respect for Uli now, and they want to talk about how great Uli is, and he is maybe the greatest rock guitarist ever. Mm -hmm. uh, he's one of them for sure, definitely, right? And he's also one of the greatest rock singers, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> Uncategorically. <laughs> no question about it. You know what, Uli is? Oh, we've already talked about Uli once. 
He might be the worst rock singer ever, which is what makes him so great that he just went ahead. Yeah. And he went ahead and did it anyway, you know. But um, <laughs> but uh, oh wait, this might be the wrong. This is Electric Sun, so um, we should. Well, that, no, no, no. Let's play this. Uh, the first uh, what? Cast Away Your Chains has some incredible soloing on it, even though it's you know. You know, we've heard that before. But I think we should play that because that's the one that really uh, lays Dude, the last time I saw down. Uli at Slim's, he had his fancy uh, double neck sun guitar <laughs> thing, whatever. The, the one with the auto tuners. Yes. I was there, man. That was yeah. ridiculous. Wait, and you you just sat, wait, what? You, we were there together, I think. You mean the star guitar, what we just said? Sky guitar. The sky the guitar. Sky I, guitar. I, I called it the sun guitar, the star guitar, <laughs> the guy guitar. He has these, it has these automatic tuner peg things, and he sat there on stage for like five minutes in between songs, just standing there waiting for the guitar to tune itself. And it still and it didn't That's work. All, it's self-tuning. Oh my yeah, self-tuning. He's guitar. waiting for the gods to like. You know, oh, like dude, it didn't work. It Man, didn't work. Those at things all. don't work. It didn't work at all. I've never tried it. No, I, no. I, 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 I had someone a guitar first song of the set. Like they accidentally activated, and the way they work is they have little microphones in them. No, that's so the problem. So they try and adjust to whatever sound they can. Dude, hear. that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and the band was playing. So I was playing, and all the machine heads were just going in different directions <laughs> while yeah, no. I was playing. Like, what? Really? You tried that? Yeah, like I, 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 I wasn't in a particularly good state to play the show. I'd obviously like knocked it on something by accident. It was very late, you know. You were, or the guitar wasn't. Uh, both. Yeah, both. Within yeah, about yeah. thirty seconds of the song starting, like all the strings were just completely random. Oh, they just man. wouldn't stop spinning. All That'd the be machine like heads. the time. That's even more funny than what happened to, when Portland. Remember when I was? It was the. I so was in Portland. Oh really? Yeah. There's a bad <laughs> tuning uh, vibe going up in there. <laughs> Dude, uh, so every time I call British guy dude, I always have to apologize. Sorry. Uh, what happened anyway. in Portland? No, Squire, in Portland, so. the one time we went up there with Ed, the Impaler, Addison. Oh, no, no. The second time we went up. We went up with him once when Angelo couldn't make it. Yeah. Then when we went up there with Addison and it was all crazy. And um, Yeah, we did that like one show or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. We flew up and did one show and like brought no amps and didn't tell anybody or something. <laughs> like we like slap bag tens and go, hey, can we use your amps? You know? And so we didn't, bring, we didn't bring anything, you know. With guitars and um, <laughs> I, we were trying to travel real light, right? Yeah. So s me being a moron was like I had just found one of those. You know, those Insert typical Adrian comment. Yeah, exactly. I just, I don't care what you say. <laughs> An old moron, yeah. An old grave Tom Waits moron. I put I put a <laughs> one of those little. Tell what do you call those things? It. I didn't say anything. They had to put one of those. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. What do you call those uh, things? Uh, clip snark. on tuners. Clip on snark or whatever yeah. it is. Shark snark. And I was so, because those are for basically acoustic guitars or when you're in a room by yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was using it at home going, oh, yeah, this thing works pretty good. I don't really need to like, yeah, I would never play the show with it on there because that's just <laughs> bad. That's <laughs> bad taste. No, I didn't. You didn't? No, no, but I took it inside. So I want to travel real light because we're not bringing anything at all going on this plane. And we don't want to pay for baggage. So I, instead of bringing my stomp box tuner, I just brought that. And oh, Angelo okay. had his, but he was way on the other side of the stage. And so... I I didn't think about the fact that those pick up everything and they go and so so like we're we're in between a, you don't remember this we're in between a song and I'm like hey let me tune man and I was like doing it just like and I'm like wait it's not working and I stood there for like way too long in between songs Addison was yelling at me you probably were too like what are you doing I was like if you guys should because you're doing your little thing that you do in between songs go <laughs> make all that fucked up noise and I was like hey and I was trying to tell you to be quiet because but you couldn't hear me because you were making so much noise and so we just sat there and you kept doing that and I was finally like ah it was like way awkward like it's on that video of uh, really? us playing in that weird place and it's really yeah, whatever so yeah, I learned my lesson. Okay, enough short story. And long. no clip-on tuners on stage. Yeah, it was the dumbest thing I ever did. I can't believe I did that. Anyway. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The dumbest thing you okay, ever did. Okay, here we go. Oh no! Besides walking into Safeway with my what was it? With, with singing, singing to the Dean Cheerios. No. 
When no, no, that wasn't the dumbest thing. No, I said on the air, on the, air the dumbest thing I ever did was, it wasn't that. It was the records with your friends or something like yeah, that. Yeah, letting my friends come take my records yeah, when yeah, I was okay, away. Okay, and yeah, let's not get carried away about the dumbest things you've ever done. So, um, you, uh, Mike, um, you said you have uh, Uli Roth oh, yeah, record. It wasn't to take away your, or cast away your uh, chains there, you know, and we can relive that wonderful moment when I got to talk to Uli and he went, relax your mind. This is off Electric Sun. <laughs> and when he said that to me, relax your mind. He did that, that Jimi Hendrix effect thing happened just wow. in, the, in the air. Relax your mind. It wasn't high or anything, man. It just, you know. He's just got that kind of vibe about him. He's a brain weirdo, records. Man. People don't realize how German that guy is because all this Hendrix nonsense that he, you know. They also don't realize that he's like such a, a, a atrocious singer because he's trying to imitate Hendrix. Ah. With like this weird, he is when you really think about it, because he's all like, hey, when he does that, you go, wait a second, oh, he's trying to go, hey, you know, but he's like so like <laughs> white, very good impression. <laughs> <laughs> Get the ultimate like Teutonic white guy to try to imitate Hendrix when he's singing, and you end up with. <laughs> I thought he was just deaf. No, no, he, he sounds like he's, he does sound like a deaf guy. Yeah. No, he wants to be like Beethoven, maybe. <laughs> he does like a loud guitar. I remember seeing him at Vinnie's in Concord, and he had like Vinnie's. nine. I was there. I was at that. Yeah, yeah we like were both nine there. full Marshall stacks with him. That was probably before um, I met you. That's when Francis was playing with uh, him, right? I yeah, Fra he's Francis Butthole. Was yeah, that Francis, <laughs> Francis Butthole? <laughs> Andy, Andy Timmons and Jennifer Batten were there as well that, Who? that time. I think so. I think he's been to uh, Andy Timmons. He was in Danger, Danger. Oh no, I'm God. seeing some I blank know, faces. Know. Jennifer Batten as well. Yeah, she I know sounds Jennifer like some Batten. kind of weird like actress or something. She was in Michael Jackson's band for a little while. Oh, she, that makes sense. Double hand tapping. Uh, oh, wow. That's interesting. Is she a shredder or a wanker? We should oh, probably listen to her. I don't her. know. Her. <laughs> we have a whole episode on Jennifer Batten. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know Jennifer stuff. Batten. All right. Well, but you do know Uli Roth. So let's listen to some of that. I kind of feel like I do at this point.
right, so that was Hawk, featuring Doug Marks of Metal Method uh, Hall of Fame. That's on the Metal Method uh, record label, actually. I didn't know that they had their own label. What exactly was Metal Method, Adrian? That was um, that was the the guy Doug Marks used to have the advertisements in the Circus Magazine and Hit Parader Magazine and all the the rock rags of uh, the eighties. Yeah, he used to have a he'd have a full page ad selling um, guitar lessons on audio cassettes. This was on the Metal Method oh, um, record label, catalog number MMH01B for boy. It's a nice code. It's alphanumeric. Yeah. None of this like eight that digits just, nonsense. That was just electric. That the song was, was called was Tell the Truth. Just electric. You couldn't tell that was called <laughs> the Tell the was Truth. just electric, man. Much like Don Kirshner's uh, rock concert. Ah. There's some good stuff on there. It was just electric. But none of that, that was live, though. With, what? A lot of that um, wasn't live. I'm going to start saying that more when people in interviews. Like, <laughs> how was it playing Wagen Festival? It was just electric. <laughs> it's very, it's very, I mean, it's very true. It's very poignant. It's very Absol appropriate. You know. Descriptive, yeah. Yeah, it's very descriptive. Factual. It's a definite description. Without like electricity, it would have uh, failed. It was a definite descriptor. Descriptor. Yes, it was a that was another Judas Priest song, wasn't it? Descript descriptor. Descriptor. Yeah. Descriptor. <laughs> so the, the descriptor, definite yeah. descriptions <laughs> and philosophy of language in uh, Sheffield, uh, um, Pete Willis University or whatever. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. It's, uh, Trying to think like the Rick Allen School of Etymology. Is that when you start? <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you? St <laughs> I thought you were going to make a joke about you know, the Rick the Rick uh, Rick Allen School of some philosophy joke about you know Rick Allen School of Driving, yeah, uh, or, or something, or, or, or uh, you know. Uh, I used to live very near the road where he uh, where he had his accident. Every time I drove down there, I was like, not today. You <laughs> you were so obsessed. That's awesome. Because the Def Leppard. University. It's called the Snake Pass. How good is that yeah. name for a road? Snake Pass. Snake Pass. Yeah, oh the A57. God. Oh, yeah. that's like a it's total. As good as Indian Dick Road. That's a total. <laughs> show. No, have you ever been there? <laughs> Snake Pass. By Cavallo, California, pass. up there. Snakes I used to go Pass is a total shredding road. song. Yeah, Snake Pass. It's almost as good as Black Forest Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, no, that was the name of a band that I was briefly in. I'm fucking oh. serious. In the 90s, yeah. That was a great Black name. Forest Cobra. But there's already oh, man, a Black Cobra. The for that. Yeah. This is before, way before Black Cobra, like 15 years or 10 years before they even started. I don't know. Black Cobra's been around for a long time. No, this is long. Before. This is like 1994, 5, 6. And Black Cobra wasn't around. When do you think Black Cobra started? Not then. I would say like probably, what, 2005 maybe? I don't know. I don't, it was in the 2000s, I think. I They've been around for a while. Yeah, anyway. Oh wait, here I want to do a shredding trick. Here, oh. turn the thing on here. I used to, I made this up. All these, all these guitar, I haven't really yeah, since I was like 15, dude, in any way. Oh, that thing, yeah. I'm thinking about it, so I can't do it. Is that like diminished or augmented or something like one of those? I never knew any of that stuff. Me and Eddie were the same that way. <laughs> we didn't know our <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> and Bruce Lee, you know. <laughs> I used to play "Hot for Teacher" or on an acoustic guitar. I tried, of course, I couldn't play it when I was when that came out. I was fourteen or 13, fourteen, I think. So I was like, I tried to figure it out on an acoustic guitar, trying to trying to. Uh, this is what I came up with. Well, like that, right? So Sounds I had it wrong. Pretty close to me. Yeah, it was actually, yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, the, Sounds that way at first, but actually, it's a 
can't the angle. It's all about the angle. <laughs> yeah, those left hand stretches are huge, right? It's like five frets. I had this part right. I know we're into yeah, <laughs> No, it's a stretch. It's the whole way from. Yeah, that's like a whole minor arpeggio. 0, 3, 7, 12. Yeah, it's tough. It's not easy. Yeah. You got it. Hey, it's man, weird. You, it. you got to give it up to him. You can play it on bass, right? You just don't want to. I don't have the biggest hands in the world, from I can tell either. You know, I saw, like Donald Trump. I saw boom. I saw <laughs> I saw some videos of him. There's some good videos of Eddie Van Halen on the David Letterman show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he played on the David Letterman show I like remember ten I times. I saw it when it happened. Well, just jamming with the band. Yeah, yeah it was, he was, it was like, like sitting in. You know, they have sit-in players. He was like sitting in with the band for the yeah. whole night. He's always Sweet. wearing like a Hawaiian. Have you seen the one who's like on the Jack Parr show when he was like seven? No. Yeah, yeah. Dick Cavett wrote the jokes for that, so he was like. I'm just kidding. Cabot. That didn't. I'm joking. That Back didn't. To Dick that, that totally didn't happen. <laughs> he was on there with Murray Wilson. Yeah, yeah. No, didn't happen at all. Yeah. <laughs> he was on there with Nipsey Russell. Nipsey Russell. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was on there with Cliff, <laughs> with <laughs> Nipsey Russell. <laughs> no, he probably, no, the Jack Parr show is way before that. That's like that's like that's like Red Skelton. There, you know, or no, 60s. You'd have like uh, Flip Wilson on there, and you know, maybe like there'd be like uh, uh, Rip Taylor with a rubber chicken and Charles Nelson Riley. And, you know. Don't you remember when Eddie Van Halen was on Hollywood Squares? Don't you remember? <laughs> I love watching Hollywood Squares. He, he did like awesome. a he like a did a did a like a, a duet with uh, Artie Johnson and J.P. Morgan. You know, and that was a Gong Show. Okay, we're getting we're crossing our crossing our. Uh, any, I'm getting crossing so the What are these guys talking about? I just remember about? Mr. Humphreys on. Are you being served? Wait, you don't remember that? Do you remember that? No, it was before, before my time, unfortunately. Oh, man, but the reruns are still on. I, what I, British TV shows do you like? I like Monty Python a lot. Oh, God. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, Monty Python's sort of international. I mean, that's sort of like known internationally. Are there any really British shows? I mean, obviously. Uh, the like, Young Ones, Bottom. The Young Ones. The Young Ones, I young ones Bottom. I never saw that one. Bottom was yeah. like a, a Rick Merlin, Adrian Edmondson from The Young Ones' show, but when they're playing like guys who live in a bedsit in their 30s who never score and like they don't have any oh. money and they just kind of hit each other with frying pans all day and swear at each other wait that sounds like my it sounds like me and angelo yeah <laughs> adrian too but he has money yeah. the that's older like, i've got the closer and closer that's, that's got like to when i used to live one. with you on rust street that's how oh was. god yeah well now but you had a girlfriend then i think yeah, i did I too actually wait we, we didn't that, therefore we much. never got laid yeah <laughs> it was funny that when mike and i actually lived together we didn't hang out much yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah, no, we did. We did. Well, we didn't I mean, hang out. Like, hey, bro, what are you doing? You know. I remember it wasn't until like, like it was like two or three weeks before I moved out. Well, you were like, I don't want to live with you. <laughs> yeah, oh man, it sucked. I'm in your band. But the, oh yeah, um, it's like all you talked about when you moved out is how much you missed being there. How those girls <laughs> treated you like shit in that new house. All you talked about. <laughs> God, man, it was so mellow living with you guys, man. But then when we lived together, it was only like it, it was, was like pretty, two or three weeks before pretty. I moved out where we actually started jamming. Oh no, we were jammed together now. Why would we do that? Well, yeah. we, well we did like two or three weeks before I moved we out. Did? Yeah, we had we a couple some songs. Little, we had a couple of little amps in the kitchen. We had milk and cookies, and it was very yeah, sweet. Actually, we had a couple of little really amps nice, in the kitchen, yeah. and yeah. we were jamming Adrian together would come for like over the last we, three We'd have milk and cookies, and he'd sleep in my bed. I mean, nothing would happen. It'd be like Michael Jackson sleepover kind of thing. Yeah, just hot cocoa, and yeah, just right, yeah, just friends. Sometimes you know Barry Gibbs kids would come over and join us. But I remember thinking like we lived together for so long. 
was. Nothing happened. We lived together for so long, but we only jammed together for like two or three weeks. <laughs> I started bleaching my face. Crazy. Yeah, we did. We jamming in the house wasn't a thing. It was redundant. You couldn't. You had that those neighbors below screen. Remember them? Remember the neighbors I, below oh screen? Oh God! I saw her a while ago for the first time in like what twelve years. Yeah. Really? She was like, "Hi," and I was like, Ugh. "Yeah." What do you say to you that? Know, was, oh, yeah, oh no, that guy. Well, you know how bad that got after you left. Like really awful. Really? The guy coming up threatening me and me going, "Man, I'm gonna." I, don't I, va- I vaguely remember. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Happening. And he was, was totally a, a pushover, ago. but it was like, I'm not going to get in a fight with a guy who was below me. I'm a sitting yeah, duck. Yeah. He had nothing to lose at all. Anyway, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> anyway, it was Bad wonderful. Story. It was just like the young ones when we lived together. How did we get into that? Yeah. Anyway, British TV know. and Uli John Ruff. No, anyway. British. You ever watch like, uh, what's the one with uh, oh, keeping up appearances or one of those? <laughs> I'm aware of it, not a fan. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, okay. aware of it. What about uh, Waiting for God? You wouldn't remember that one. There's one that there's a bunch of those really normal ones. What I mean, like Britcoms, that I would probably hate if they were American, but I love uh, them because they're English. You know, Last of the Summer Wine. Oh, I don't know that one. Always yeah. ended up with some dude called Compo, like riding down a hillside in a bathtub. Oh, oh God, that sounds very wow. Monty Python esque. Yeah, I like. I just the like they relax me. The Britcoms, they relax. They make me because I love. I mean, honestly, like I hung out. Soporific. English quite. A, England quite a bit, uh, you know, twenty something years ago. Okay. Uh, and it, it really, even though I was hanging out with Rich Walker from Solstice, I was actually very relaxing, <laughs> which is hard to imagine. I don't know if you know who this guy, is. but um, it, just up in up in Yorkshire, just I felt as calm, you know. And those shows always reminded me of that. Period. What did you just say? Soporific. What is that? Oh, so- the the quality of making you feel sleepy. Yeah, soporific. And relaxed. Sophomoric, no, soporific. Yeah. You know, when, see, when they have better education too. When I was in we England learn long last words year, so we can pretend we seem educated. No, 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 it's true. When I was in England last year, we watched a show. It was about um, the landlords who had to evict people from their from their flats in London. Oh, cool! It was amazing. It was because the the landlords were trying so hard to be cool, and these people were screaming and yelling and throwing things. I don't remember. Maureen would know the name of it. I don't remember the name Just of like it. Just like San Francisco, man. You get yeah, these but, irrational bastards. You know, the landlords British, are totally though. on the. No, but in British, I'm it was kidding. so amazing. That's what, that's, we watched it every day yeah. while we were there. Did I you learn some good new, like, curse words? No, we just were cracking up the whole Also, time. the characters are always more believable and just cooler. They're not as rich. They're not supposed to be all be rich people all the time, you know. And they're just cooler. They're like down to earth people you could relate that you would like. Whereas the American TV shows are always pricks that you would never want to, you know, you wouldn't want hang out with or anything, you know. It's like you know who's uh, down to earth that I want to hang out with? Early Hyacinth Bouquet. Broke his home. Thank <laughs> you. 
Broke so Helm, gonna, Black yeah. Death, love it. Do you want? Do you want to listen to the solo again? Give Tom a chance to hear the solo, just to get. We okay. all want to get an opinion on this because it is Bob Wright after all. Okay, so it is Bob Wright. The celebrated. Absolutely glorious. Oh, you really like it? Yeah. I love everything about I, that. I love yeah. it too. Yeah, I love the whole. But, but, but how would he be acting on stage while he's playing that? Oh, he'd be f okay. First he of all, he's great like, facial expressions. He's like I was going to say, he needs some good face for that. Because he's, he's got a he's really like large. He's like 6'10 or something. He's, he's got a huge. large head. He's a giant, okay. literally. He's and a it, very it, large like, human. His eyeballs bulge out and his freaking, yeah, yeah. His, his entire face just like. He's a very contorts. big guy. And uh, he plays either a Les Paul or a or a uh, um, flying V. Flying V. Would both of which look like toys on. I mean, the guy's just <laughs> huge. He's got huge hands. He's a massive human being. Not a not a heavy set guy. A in pretty, many ways, though, like he's pretty he's spiritually pretty solid and, thin, and, and sonically. Oh yeah, in every I mean, way. I mean, his personality is also absolutely larger massive. than life. There's just yes. nothing small about Bob Wright. His kindness. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, his he's kindness like, he's like, is probably the nicest massive. guy you'll ever meet. Too. Yeah. I mean, like people say it about people. He's the nicest guy over. This is bullshit. No, Bob Wright is the nicest. He guy actually is. No, wow. he is, it's insane. He's, he's, it's insane. He's, he's like so large in life. He's playing, and so he's got this tiny little. And it's just like the guitar looks like a toy, and he'll be. He is not. He's the antithesis of the of the guy who stares at his shoes. He is like just rocking, just like you know, like completely bent over, completely so he can see the audience and just ripping, you know. But the question is, let's not be shy, even though Bob's the greatest guy in the world. Is he wanking or is he shredding? Wanking. Yeah, I think he's wanking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he's wanking, but it's so well done within the context of the oh, song. Oh, yeah. No, it's totally called you for. Know? It's totally tasteful, and it's not a pejorative thing to say Bob is wanking there. He's doing what the song... I mean, listen to the drums. The whole band's wanking. They're like... <laughs> yeah, Broke His Helm is like full bore, 100%, yeah. <laughs> go yeah, for yeah. it. And, and so, so no, I mean, that yeah. plane, that style... I mean, Jim Schumacher, we should, we should be playing... Uh, a lot of them. Uh, oh God damn it! The, ba the bass player guy does. Or he does. Or yeah, skullfucker. Call a banshee, but he wanks on the bass. You know? Yeah, he does a lot of oh, crazy. This bizarre fantasy. I just looked down there. Look at that. Look at the way that looks. Wow. I looked down and thought I had the. I said, "Wait, do I have the vinyl of Black Death now? I just have the CD. It looks like the." I know. <laughs> I, I don't. Oh my God! I almost. I almost wanked. You almost <laughs> wanked. Look at that. Uh, nope. Tom, you got another song you want to play? Yeah, let's look in the bag. Tom brought a bag of vinyl from Amoeba Records, thankfully. Amoeba Records is back in business, uh, selling uh, on uh, limited hours, and they're definitely... I didn't know that. Yeah, they're restricting the number of people that go in there. They're enforcing strict social distancing measures, et cetera, et cetera. They're open to limited business hours, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I want to go with Gygax. Because I, I love these guys, and I'm pretty sure you must oh, have done yeah, some kind of business with Gygax, them. I don't have to worry about, like, oh, do I know them? I, we definitely know Eric. We definitely know all Track those Track one, Light Bender. 
they were like the all. We played Frost and Fire with them. Yeah, yeah. Gygax. They call yeah. themselves Gygax. I mean, give me a break. That's about the most. This is amazing packaging. Insane thing ever. Yeah. It's a trifold vinyl, but only with one. I think it actually works as a like D and D board as well, or something, or like yeah, a screen maybe. Really? Yeah. It's such not a nerdy D and D band. It's weird. Like you think that like, like we're like a band like that. I don't know. If they it says right on the album D and D R and R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ram it and rotate, man. It says, it says right there, D&D, R&R. What's so, R&R stand for? So Pounder has only done one tour in our brief existence so far as a band, and it was with Gygax. And we played to at least 15 people over the course of oh. about 10 days oh, yeah, up I and know, down the I West know, Coast. Know, yeah, yeah. You want to do that first song? Yeah, the very first song That's on the very first side. That's kind of the problem with touring and... Uh, <laughs> Well, we went out as a double headline thing, despite the fact that neither of us really had a draw. So every night the opening <laughs> bands would bring like 20 people with them and yeah. then they'd leave. And we were Aww. like, oh. That sounds like an L.A. show to me. When like each band has their crowd. Going down to L.A. And then they drive away. Sacrame Sacramento, it was like four oh. people. That was, How many? That was four maybe. Yeah, we had. remember we played Sacramento last summer and there was, oh, not, there was maybe was like Blue 12 or 15 or something. It was brutal, man. So we had a vaudeville. We had a you know, total like. We were there on like a Thursday night, I think maybe. It was like, oh. Yeah. It was I actually tough. enjoyed that night. Remember that? Jeff got on the bass and you got on the drums. Did we really? We, we, oh, you don't remember that? No, I was high, dude. Hopped up on Goofballs <laughs> again. Uh, dude, we there was like, like 12 people there. I know, so and I was we were like, like I'm no, drinking. We played a few songs, and then we were like, hey, I started telling really bad jokes, and then Adrian got on the drums, and we were like, so guess what? Da -da -da. We did this little vaudeville thing. Oh, and I don't remember that. It worked, yeah. And then the guys from, uh, oh my God. Void Bader, Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin got really, they were like, they weren't showing it but they were like why are you doing this we're gonna get the hell out of here and drive on to wherever the hell we were going next they were like oh yeah sitting okay. there going okay I remember why are that. you going on and on telling these terrible jokes again? yeah so hey, you gotta you gotta entertain these people they paid good money to get in here <laughs> there's like we gotta give them a show two hours played for two hours everybody just wanted to go oh, home yeah, we, we were, were just like, all like, hello mahani hello hello mahani you've got to give the people what they want exactly we were full people that they like no they loved it man we were just like there was a couple I that was there my, where the guy, um, he bought me shots. <laughs> and he was like, oh, do you want to wait till after? And I was like, no. Not at that show. I looked around and I was like, no, let's go, man. <laughs> you know, let's go for it. It was one of those, rock and, those definitive rock and roll moments. Adrian's on stage drinking. <gasps> I mean, I don't think, I mean, I, sure, it's been done before, but uh, I don't know how often. Rarely. You know, yeah, pushing the boundaries. It was, it, was, right. it, was, it was pretty subversive stuff, man. It was like, you know. Drinking whiskey shots on the stage and shit, man. You know, really, really wild stuff. This is Gygax record called High Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. It's on Creator Destructor Records. Artwork by Ann McCaffrey. In the Czech Republic. Catalog number CD050. This one's Lyrics Light by Bender. Peter's Anthony, you know.
stuff was laced with kerosene, but yours was kitchen clean. Everyone stopped to stare at your Technicolor motor. Every airframe had your number on the wall. You must have had it all.
Okay, so uh, I'm trying to figure out which like, that was Tom's choice. Which there. TV show from 1981 that was the theme Hill song? Hill Street Blues. It. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you got it. That I was Kid Charlemagne yeah, yeah, from yeah. Steely Dan. He did play the theme from Hill Street Blues. Oh, he as did. Well, yeah. Okay, it was it's, I, 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 Really, I didn't know that, but that's what it's. <laughs> wow. It sounds a lot like that. He, sh- he probably did Royal session scam. work for like Taxi or something too. It he, sounded he exactly. He might be like the that. most one of the most recorded session guitarists ever, possibly even more than like Steve Lukather. Highly. Or, or Tony Matola. I don't know who. That highly. Is. Oh, Tony Matola. Highly oh, um, recognizable. In fact, that, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, the I, that, licks are super recognizable. I didn't know that he yeah. did that, and it was like, oh, it sounds like he did. Uh, or maybe Lee Rittenhauer is. You know, that was Larry yeah. Carlson. Like same kind of guy. Yeah. There's a good video of him with Lee uh, oh, doing really? a concert together on YouTube. Yeah. What about like Phil so Upchurch? Smooth. Is he there too? Yeah. H- who? <laughs> <laughs> Phil Upchurch, man. Don't know Phil Upchurch. Oh, he played a PV. Played a. He was on. Uh, played a Hollowbody. I don't remember. It. He was on uh, Weekend in L.A. George. Um, George Benson, our boy, man. Oh, George <laughs> Benson. I'm, I'm gonna send you some Tony Phil Matola Upchurch. records. You don't know Phil Upchurch? Oh man. I wish I did. I will. I'll have to. I'm now. totally joking. No, he's re- he's a real guy, but I, I'm not. It's just some guy. Just some so, so guy. Tom, this is like the the best guitar solo you were talking about, and you said that uh, there's a lot of people who have um, many opinions on how amazing this guitar solo is. So, please expand on that. Yeah, I mean, if you just type like Kid Charlemagne, that's a C H A R L E M A G N E into youtube like there's a lot of people who've done like cover versions of it there's people who've like done like breakdown analysis videos of it a dude called rick beato does a lot of like what makes this song great videos on youtube oh i wouldn't be surprised if he's done at least three or four on that song by this stage what is that solo because to me i immediately just uh, technically i go oh yeah that's that sounds pretty challenging it sounds it has a very distinct, you know, he's playing like he's sort all of over the fretboard. sounding notes that, yeah, he's all over the fretboard and stuff. And it's kind of like, whoa, that'd be hard to do. But uh, but as far as the actual feeling and soul of the thing, I kind of like, I think of, yeah, like Hill Street Blues or something, which isn't the most, you know, to me, that doesn't make me go, yeah, I want to sound like that. So what is it to you that, that like, I think it's at a stage of, ha- like, I've been trying to play lead guitar for like 20 or 30 years. And there's just something, my favorite, my favorite players before. I discovered Larry Carlton were probably like David Gilmore and Brian May, and they're very lyrical players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've started to find as well that a lot of the guitar players I really like don't really use a huge amount of distortion. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like they'll really make the most of like the natural resonance of the instrument That's and just right, kind of yeah. use the gain of the amp to kind of highlight the tone to char- rather to than the gain be the whole basis of it. I agree with you completely on that. Yeah. And Carlton's like one of those guys. Like, I, yeah. I really feel like you hear the instrument in his fingers when he's playing. It's not like... You know, oh yeah, he's got like a compressor and a noise gate, and he's like cranked to fifty-one fifty. And that's the problem with all the shredder guys. <laughs> I don't want this to be our conclusion, but cause, but all the shredder guys are yeah. I mean, when you think of it's just so slathered with you know, it's a totally different instrument. So, so it's you're saying like, shredder? How can you do that? Well, because you have all these zoom boxes and stuff. It's still very challenging, sure. But you know, I agree. Brian May, probably maybe my favorite lead guitar player. Uh, does use distortion, but not. It's mostly very natural. Yeah, Vox AC30. Yeah, you know, he uses well, he's Vox all about distortion. The, he's all about the 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 reason I use that. We were talking about that Tiwa earlier. The, the reason I use that is because he is. Uh, I can get a a very cheapened version of the the Brian May treble boost. He just uses a straight up treble boost, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, I mean, I like Angus Young more than I uh, I, I ever realized when I when I uh, noticed we haven't even mentioned him because he's not really a shredder or a wanker. In a way, you call him a wanker, but. 
But uh, I, I think listen. some of his solos, like the, uh, um, what is his, um, Bad Boy Boogie? Yeah. I yeah. think that's total wanking yeah, in probably. there. Yeah, probably. When he starts to run around the stage and do that's his thing. Doing his Chuck Berry thing. Yeah, he's Chuck Berry. But he's, but he's really, he talking about resonance and using the instrument. You know, he's all set up. Every, as everyone knows, I think, every guitar player knows, there's nothing there, but a bunch of plexis and just uh, nothing. I mean, nothing. He refuses to use anything whatsoever. Um, and you think, yeah, but by now with the technology, there's a way. And nah, he's pretty much going straight in, you know, oh, and that's totally. it. And he's always gotten such attack and such, and he plays very tastefully, you know. Um, there there is one thing in his rig uh, the Schaefer replica. Oh. Yeah, what is that? I feel like I've so heard like that. So, like, it's the. It's a pedal that emulates the wireless system he used to use at the end of the 1970s. Like the, the first, pe the first. Pe this is really bad. anyone wireless, who doesn't play course, guitar, right? just switch off now because this he's, is a he's wireless dark rabbit still, hole. Right? The, wi the wireless system that the guys used to use in the late 70s, like Gilmore, Iommi, Eddie Van yeah. Halen, Angus Young, it was super expensive. Yeah. Like hardly anyone had it, and not no one knew at the time. It actually kind of did this natural compression thing to oh, okay. sort the of signal. Okay. The story, as I understand it, is that Angus went into the studio to record and they just couldn't get the right sound. Like they'd set up a wall of Marshalls, his favorite guitar, they weren't getting it. Eventually, they're like, what is different about your live rig to what we've got in the studio right now? And he said, well, the only thing's the wireless, but you know, why would I have that? Brought it in instantly, the right sound. And this yeah. crazy Italian guy formed a company called Solo Dallas after he managed to get hold of some of the original units and build a replica. Like I actually have a stomp box on my pedal board, which is a replica uh, of that. But do you like, use wireless? I don't have that's the wireless. That's great. You're, you're, that's great. you're replicating wireless. That's wireless simulator. Yeah. That's, that's the you're, you're replicating the kind of the accidental, like, yeah. uh, you know, it's like the law of double effect, isn't it? But like, in a way, what's the difference between, because he's basically using a 70s wireless then, right? It's just a replica of it. So it's. So I, he might be, my guess is he's using a more modern no, yeah. wireless just for, for the sheer range. But it's modified but to, to. Oh, no, it's not modified. Wireless because I think just, the wireless would just cut an the effect range. to yeah. sound like the 70s. Yeah, wireless, yeah, yeah. So what what you want this to do? You just want this to convert the waveform that's coming from the guitar into the amp to in the same way that the old wireless system yeah. would. Yeah, okay, yeah. There's some yeah. kind of natural limiting and compression yeah, that I happens it. before that, it hits the amp. Probably yeah, some sort of. That, it yeah. probably has like a some sort of high cut and some sort of low cut too. Exactly, though, right? man. Like the stump, but it's it's only got like two dials on it. Yeah, but it definitely does something, and it just immediately. Like, you remember the other day, I was jamming it here on the clean channel, and, like, immediately it was like, that's the ACDC sound. Yeah, oh, my God, that was totally something that the makes AC, the guitar yeah. hit the amp a bit harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I can basically get that sound. The funny thing is the, Slough, the last several Slaufeg albums are basically recorded in ACDC style because we go straight to uh, my, almost all the guitar tracks, including Angelo's, most of them are done on my... Uh, you know, 77, I guess it is, JMP. Oh, there you go. Um, Super bass. Whatever MK2. Speakers we can, vintage speakers we can find at the studio or, had or, or some of them that I have in there are, are simulated vintage ones. But you guys use the distortion from the amp. You just like crank oh, yeah, it no, up, yeah, man. yeah, exactly. So it, the last several... Uh, ever you open since up the isolation booth and it's like... You've just gone up to like whatever the sweet spot on that... Uh, it's not in here right now. It's at Chewy's house, actually. But my amp on, f what is it, like somewhere like six or four and a half or I don't remember. There's a sweet spot in there. And it's insanely loud. It's a terribly loud amp. I can't even use it live anymore. It's so loud. But uh, it's unless we're playing nowhere, really. I um, like to track the organ through it. And so we just, we did. Well, I did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We, we just, you know, and... Uh, the original version of Uncanny has sound, the organ tracked through your Marshall through amp. That, and uh, Angelo even more, because he's using a 70s uh, um, Model ST T. through it. Mm. But it doesn't end up, it's a funny thing is it doesn't end up sounding like ACDC because for several production reasons, but also because... The way just the way stuff is, it just sounds more hot 
Then well, it it's your playing, too, though. Mm, it's the way you play. Don't you don't play like Angus, Angus Young. Well, nobody does, uh, you know. Your, well, no, your attack not, and your, like, your, your technique no, is, but it ends up gives you a different I mean, it sound. It ends up sounding more compressed. It's because of the compression, probably, in the, in, the record, in, the, in the mixing process and in the, even in the live sound we get. It's probably... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually when I record your guitar, I don't use very much compression at all. I no, use just a little bit. It, but I'm talking about after the records are produced and stuff. and get, you know. I don't know. Anyways, all right. Even to seven inches, it sounds very different. If we just do the whole recording down here. It'd be wild, man. Because we put a lot. We've done that. What do you mean? We'd experiment. I think we should experiment well, more. Well, on like that. the stuff that we did f with, with like uh, the covers we've done down here and all that, you know. You've put effects on a lot of stuff, so it's um, not on the guitar so much. Though. On the police, on the on the uh, um, synchronicity too, I think you did. But that's because Andy well, that was me it. playing the the solo on synchronicity too. No, I'm not talking. I'm talking about the, the rhythms. You know? Oh, on the rhythms, yeah, on the rhythms. Um, but I wanted you. I don't to know do there was a whole lot of. Anyway, uh, we're going down a wormhole here. Okay. Um, makes me want to play guitar. Yeah. Yow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's 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 edit that part out. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> sorry, this has uh, been um, season one, episode 17. During, I can't believe how long it's been. We've already been hey during man, this coronavirus go. situation. Um, thank you, Tom, for Fucking coming you, in. Thanks bringing, for having me. Bringing some <laughs> albums and hanging out. Thanks, Tom. That was really awesome to talk about. Uh, all this informative guitar stuff because we don't have Yeah, you know, Rig Breakdown with Tom Draper. The Breakdown. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Season two, three, four. I know. When, when is the next season? I just called it season one because I figured it was going to be maybe season through summer at most. Season a long time. Yeah, I figured yeah. it was. I figured this would maybe be we'd be done with season one by the by like the middle of summer or something. Be, be back to. Yeah, I thought we'd be. Again, you know, and um, I hope uh, anyone out there who's listening just remembers to take note and uh, try and maintain your mental health, whether it means uh, buying that uh, that. Um, that broke his home record. That broke his home record. <laughs> that cost like a hundred dollars. That you found on eBay. You know, if, it, if that's what's going to keep your mental health straight, then then please do it. If it means having an extra scoop of ice cream at night, please do it because or it's or right now more than ever. It's, or whatever it yeah, takes, man. It's it's important. But don't drink to too much, man. And definitely don't hold your picks. If they're copper near your tongue, yeah. Oh, <laughs> is it is it already you that time? You can smoke and drink all you want. <laughs> is it already that time, man, no, Mike? We're it's not there yet. We're it's never too yet. early, is it? We're not there yet. Going no, too no, far. No. Oh, I've like, broken the uh, <laughs> broken the code again. Yeah. We'll find out when we have Chewy on here and we play all the Van Halen. All the Van Halen yeah. stuff. All right, so um, so once again, this has been. Uh, oh, but I want to remind you guys. Speaking of old EVH, you know, you gotta yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. The best thing you can do to get the ultimate shredding sound, no matter what your preference is on whether you want to wank or shred, really, put your picks in the freezer, man. That's what I always did. Remember? What? <laughs> remember we went to Cobra Lounge and... Uh, oh, you know, God. I do remember. Van Halen, man, had that, that trailer, that fr freezer trailer in the back of their van, bringing all the Eddie's picks in. Oh, you know? man. No, and we were... Uh, we were up, me and John Cobbett, who is a shredder. There's no question about that. Up in the uh, the green room of there of the Cobra Lounge in Chicago, finding all those picks in the freezer. God. And we took them out of there and said, either someone's really on to something, because we started playing guitar with them. We got that icy, <laughs> that icy hot, hot rock that came out and just like smooth, just, just, just peeling Cold off. Cold as ice. on the strings, man. Like, just like ice, like up and down the strings. Just, just you know. And uh, either that or 
you know, there was someone in there who showed up with these really thin, like, pussy pics and was like, I can't go on stage with this. This is all we have. They put them in the freezer and they got nice and hard so they could, or maybe it was the bass ah. player. I don't know what happened, you know. But um, whatever, we went on stage with frozen pics, man, and we were just peeling off leads that night. Indeed, he was in Hammers peeling and I was off. in Slough you know, at that point. And then some kid comes up to me after, do you really so that's put a rig- your pics in the freezer? That's a rig breakdown with Mike Scalzi. Uh, Tom, what are your hot yeah. tips for cool licks? Oh, this is my whole rig breakdown. Hot tips for cool licks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, Steely Dan. And death metal in equal measure and figure out something halfway between the two. Hmm. I know a lot of death metal guys like Steely Dan. I'm not kidding. They do. Probably more than we know. Yeah. Pr- probably more than we know. They're probably going to kick me like out of death metal now for outing the secret. Disembowelment <laughs> Donald Fagan's basement or something? Or what's the deal? Are those lyrics really oh, alluding man. to something else? Yes. <laughs> season one, episode seventeen. Once again, if you'd like to have your physical media reviewed here on Slaufeg Radio podcast, please send to Slough, Lord Weird Slaufeg at PO Box one nine one three zero one, San Francisco, California nine four one one nine in the USA. Um, stay safe. Wear a mask. And uh, we're going to close it out keep here. Keep on with, reaching for the stars. We're going to close it out with the six string sting. Hot licks.
Thank <laughs> you. 